Hello there. You're listening to Odd Numbers, and I'm your friend Nick. I really appreciate you being here with your ears. Practice makes perfect, but when we do the same thing every day, we may not be actively improving or actively listening. To stretch those listening muscles, Tease Mallon is the guest this episode. She knows her stuff, so listen to this. Really, really listen to this. I'll stop talking now. Sly and the Family Stone on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick, and this is a special edition of To A Certain Degree called Odd Numbers. To A Certain Degree itself was designed around the idea of bringing people on that I didn't know, strangers for the most part. And uh, Odd Numbers is a version of the show where I bring people back, past guests who have uh, touched and delighted me in it, through my ears for the most part. Uh, this is not sounding great. But uh, Tease Mallon was on the show a long time ago, I think back in 2017, the summer of 2017, with her partner in crime, Jack Graham. Tease is back today, and I'm so happy that they're here. Good morning, Tease. Good morning. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Get right up on that microphone. Okay, better. It's your friend. It's my friend. It is your absolute friend. Um, I'm. I'm. I hope we're friends. Mm-hmm. I think we're friends. Oh yes. No, I thought you said the microphone is my friend. No, the microphone also is your friend. Oh, okay, I'm jealous. Great. I'm becoming jealous <laughs> of the microphone for being your friend. Totally. Because I want to be your only friend here today, Aww. this morning, on the show for the next two hours, talking to you. Exclusivity. Yes. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Which is something I think we should all. Oh God. All right. This is starting out. <laughs> Really well. Uh, Tease is back. Tease is, you might know her from the ELAR Institute, E-L-A-R, or is it L-R? L-R. That's right. We actually talked about this the last time you were here. I should have listened to that. L-R, tomatoes motto. And uh, you might also know them from uh, Living Room Theater, Mm -hmm. which has been something that's been ongoing for years and years here in Central Florida. Uh, Tease and uh, Jack Graham, the aforementioned Jack Graham, and now you have a new compatriot in yes. your uh, in your performances will come out mm-hmm. to any just about any space. Yes. And so Megan Raytano yes. is our third. Thank I just wanted you. to mention Megan. She's amazing. We're so happy to have her on board. And so can you talk a little bit about Living Room Theater and we'll get into LR? <sighs> Absolutely. No, you said it right. LR. 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 Mm-hmm. LR. Yeah. LR. It's like L- the letter L and then the letter R. But, but it's spelled emphasis E-L-A-R. On the R. E-L-A-R, yes. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. So Living Room Theater is a show. It's a 70-minute show that we perform in people's living rooms. And it's different every time. And it's a series of mini plays. We have these moments that happen. And it's just the drama of everyday life. Mm-hmm. And so we, we do throw in there some live music, some storytelling, but then there's it really centers on these scenes of dialogue between two or the three of us. And it's about the stuff that we're dealing with that maybe we're not openly talking about. So some pieces might be you know, serious and moving, but other ones could just be silly and light and playful. And it's not necessarily fully scripted, right? It's a no. lot of it is improv, or most of it is improv. Yes, it's it's structured improvisation, and we have uh, like a title for each piece, mm-hmm. and we we know the intention of the piece, and we, you know we move through it. It, it. it shifts, and it's really about 
being in the present moment and connecting with one another. And we trust that if we do that, it'll, it'll come out. It'll be entertaining for the audience and it'll, it will connect and resonate because whatever we're dealing with, I feel that the collective community is also dealing with to some degree. And to a certain degree, of course. Yes, to and, a certain degree. And uh, having that moment, being there and being present and almost like in a voyeuristic way is mm-hmm. really cathartic for, I think, the audience because then it's like you're, you're, you're part of the conversation, but you're not necessarily having to have the conversation. Hopefully it sparks uh, things afterwards, so yes. connections afterwards as well. So the intention of this show is to share with people the fact that they're not alone Mm -hmm. in what they're experiencing on a day-to-day basis, the fact that we don't have it all figured out, that life is challenging, and that together it makes it a little bit better, a little bit easier. And so how to lean towards that openness, lean towards that vulnerability. And the show actually isn't where we say the magic really happens. It's really after the show, because then we open it up for a conversation with the audience. And this is where now the audience gets to say, oh, this part really resonated with me, or Mm -hmm. I have a story about something like that. And then they get to share. And when we hear their stories and they begin to connect with each other, that's the magic. That's fantastic. Uh, if somebody wanted to learn more about that, I just want to put it out there uh, right now. Where can they go and find out more about that? Livingroomtheater.org. Livingroom Theatre? No, it's Theatre. Okay, got it. Yes, just wanted to make sure. <laughs> we have the Orlando Theater Hour coming up after this, and that's uh, Theatre. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, <laughs> I'm not good with English or most other languages. All I think if you're fancy, if, if you're fancy, fancy, that's the way you pronounce I, it. So I came in because Tees is here in a tux with tails, mm-hmm. top hat, cane, <laughs> the whole nine yards. So I think it's safe to say that I'm fancy, Tees. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. Last night I was like, what am I going to wear tomorrow? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to be on the radio. <laughs> you're going to be on the radio what are you going to wear? And luckily, you have a tux on as well. It's uh-huh. a slightly different design. Yes. Since mine dates back to when I was born in the 1500s uh, <laughs> versus yours, which is a lot more modern. Very and modern. Stylish, mm-hmm. if you will. Sharp, minimalistic. Yeah. yeah. Still tails, though. Absolutely. So that's the most important thing. So speaking of tuxes and tails. Okay. My dog's name is Tux. Is it really? Yeah, he's he's black and he has a little white patch on his chest and my sister named him and his name is is Tux Aww, for Tuxedo. What a little penguin. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Well, so in talking to you about coming back on the show, you know, we didn't want to play the same games and, and sort of things and repeat stuff. But we, I wanted to come up with uh, something, a, a, a topic that we could really discuss and dive into. Because it's not often I get to sit down with someone as talented, as smart, as uh, dedicated to what you do as you are. And so I'm like, well, I have her trapped for two hours. What should we talk about? And we were going back and forth and we talked about connection because that's what really the Eller Institute is all about. Mm -hmm. And what you're all about is connecting with people and helping them connect. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, you know, it really dawned on me that listening is an important thing, especially Regardless of what's going on around us at any given time, listening is super important. So I wanted to start with a story I heard back in college. And I'm trying to remember if 
the instructor who had been at Disney for a while came up with or told the story as if he had come up with the idea or he was just saying this is something that we talk about at Disney. And for me, I'm remembering him saying that it was his idea, but it's very well documented that it's a uh, thing at Disney. Uh, what time is the three o'clock parade? Have you heard this? I I think so. Okay, so one of the things they teach and they talk about at, I think, the Disney Institute over there is as someone who works in the parks, you're going to probably hear from someone at some time, hey, what time is the 3 o'clock parade? Which seems like a very uh, not-so-intelligent question, right? Because it's like, oh, it's 3 o'clock. Exactly. But what the person is asking, if you read between the lines and you just listen for a second, what they're asking is probably, okay, what time does a 3 o'clock parade get to me? Where is the best place to watch the 3 o'clock parade? You know, those sorts of things. So it struck me as because we're in Orlando and unfortunately some stuff is going on with Disney and, uh, you know, we probably have a lot of mutual friends and other friends who are uh, struggling a little bit right now. Uh, Disney was on top of mind. So it was like this is maybe a good segue into listening, which is, you know, really figure out what the person is, what the other person is trying to say first and foremost and how present you have to be for that to happen. Because if you're just listening with half your brain or a quarter or any percentage mm-hmm. that is a hundred, uh, you're just going to hear, well, what a dumb question. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know if you had heard that before and if you had any thoughts or takes on that or if you have your own little analogy or you know story about that in terms of uh, trying to get people to understand what listening is. Oh, uh, understanding what listening is. That's – Wow. That's a whole nother, um, gosh, is that a I'm, bigger, I'm at a, yeah, that's, yeah, so <laughs> there's that's so bigger, much in that. So let's take it a step back. Let's start with the Disney story. Yeah, with the Disney story, like what comes right to mind there yeah. is that it's all relationship. Right. It's all relationship. So anything that anybody ever says is going to be in relationship to them. That, that, that was just like the first thing that was present for me. So it, it shows in, you know, in taking a look at the different um, potential meanings mm-hmm. of that question, you want to take a look at, well, yeah, wow, how does this relate to them? And uh, conversely, anytime that we're talking, we have to keep in mind that the other person who's listening is listening from, how is this relevant to me? Why are you telling me specifically this? Right. So you could see in the Disney, it's a very transactional relationship. You mm-hmm. see somebody in a uniform. They are there, you assume, to help you. Yes. And so you're asking a question, expecting that in return, as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, and this is something that doesn't happen that often. If somebody's just coming up to you and asking you for help, you know, you ever have that uh, uh, window in traffic situation where somebody rolls down a window and is asking you something like, directions or something like that yes um you know those kinds of transactions Mm -hmm. right like those are fairly familiar if you ever worked in retail or in a restaurant you understand that somebody's going to be asking for something and that it's probably going to be a very transactional relationship as you were saying that i'm imagining in my head that little scene of when when you're about to say something to the person in the car next to you. And so you're motioning for them to roll down their yeah, window, yeah, yeah. right? And we motion with like 
like the winding, the wi- like the little, which, like the hand yeah, it's winding. Yeah, not be down. in that many cars anymore. I know, it, it, but it's still the universal sign, which is great. I love yeah. that. Um, it just tickles me. But the the expression of of curiosity and and you know confusion, like 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 what is this person about to say to me in the car next to me? That expression is one of my favorites. So yeah, because it's often uh, so almost fear, right? You're talking to a stranger. I mean, maybe it's not for you, oh. but for me, it's <laughs> it's a little bit. I'm a little scared. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like, like if I, somebody's asking you to roll down your window, or I, when you're when somebody's asking me to roll down my window, did, uh. I, did I do something wrong? Oh yes. Right? Did yes. I? Am I going to be able to help them? Uh huh. You know, there's that initial fear of I don't want to disappoint them. Oh. And I don't want to have had disappointed them. Yes. I don't want to get yelled at if I did something wrong. <laughs> no. I just want them, like all traffic things that happen, I just want us to all go about our way mm-hmm. and forget that it happened. Because yeah. otherwise the crushing weight of every traffic mistake I've ever made mm-hmm. will cause me to never leave the house again. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, this is also part confessional and therapy session for me as well. Did you I am that? available for that right, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So what is, I, I guess, what is your feeling when somebody asks you to do that or somebody comes up to you and it looks like they need help? Yeah, I love it. Okay. <laughs> and I get it often in stores. My sister and I both, we, we, we both, you know, when we're walking around a store, we're often asked where... Um, you know, the shampoo aisle is or yeah. where they can find this or that or what time it's closing at. And I mean, because it's always you're always wearing red shirts and khaki pants. <laughs> yeah. So that might be a dead giveaway for that. Yeah. I, or maybe I'm, I'm walking too slow. <laughs> it could be that because I do like to meander. OK. Um, yeah. So you also have a naturally friendly face. So it's uh, like, hey, this person seems like they know what's going on. They're meandering. I, I, I love being helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I, I get a sense of joy. It tickles me when I get confused in that way. And and so usually I will just go about helping the person as long as I have the time for it. If not, I, I would direct them to somebody who might be able to help yeah. them. Okay. Yeah. But I, I, I get a kick out of it. It's it's fun. So definitely no initial fear of like not being able to help them. There, I mean, that's there because yeah. if they ask, like, I guess I focus on, I really hope they ask me something I can help them with. Ah, got it. <laughs> Instead so of like. So it's an initial hopeful moment. Like, yes. I want to help them. I want to get this endorphin rush from helping somebody. Yeah. I mean, it comes from an altruistic place. You're not no, doing it, it doesn't. just. Okay, no, it fine. doesn't. It's totally <laughs> selfish. I want to feel good about me. <laughs> I, was tr- I was trying there. No, I think it's important to be honest about that. I don't think yeah. anybody has ever really, truly done something for another person. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I know that there's a lot of people that really, mm, they, don't, they don't like it when I say that. There's a lot of resistance that sure. I'm met with. And I think that it's really beautiful that one of our core human needs is to contribute to the world around us. It meets a need for us when we can see our impact in the world. And that is selfish in the most beautiful way. In fact, I, I would say it's self-full. So... I'm not doing it for others. And like the the result of me being in alignment with my desire and fun and contributing is mm. that those around me benefit from that. So you feel good. They feel good. 
And so no one's really hurt by that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right. I, I think I like it, you know, it creates a win-win. I like win-wins. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever been in that situation? And this is probably a more in-depth conversation, maybe with a friend, a family member. Um, sort of uh, if the what time is the three o'clock parade is in the middle of the spectrum, where's the shampoo is on this end, like the easy, obvious questions. Three o'clock uh-huh. parade is in the middle, sort of a little more vague. You really have to kind of dig into it. Yes. As opposed to these other, this other end of the spectrum, which is like, this is uh, someone reaching out for help, but they don't know how to ask for it. And oh. you have to kind of dig in. You are getting so excited. Yes. Let me just describe. <laughs> like you are the most animated right now. You're like, Nick, just ask me one of those questions if that's what you're going to ask me about. Well, I love this idea of the spectrum, right? Because it's, hold on. So I'm just going to recap here, yeah? Yeah. So on one side, you have the really direct, easy to understand question of, hey, where can I find the shampoo? Yes. Then there's, you know, what time is the three o'clock parade at, which, you know, is... How's my hair? Yeah. How's my hair? Maybe there's more to it than that, right? It's not just somebody needing validation maybe there's something else going on in their life but yeah you can mm-hmm. dig into that but it's not necessarily that deep yeah and then there's like on the other side when somebody doesn't know how to ask e- either directly or indirectly but they just come at you like oh my gosh why do you have to be such a jerk all the time or um you know wh- why is this store set up in this stupid way can you believe this person did that thing Yes. Yes. The complaints. Yeah. Complaints are awesome because they provide us an opportunity to really be over there with the other person. Anytime anybody has ever complained about anything, it has much more to do with them than anybody else. If somebody's like, why, why would somebody think about organizing the store in this fashion? And, you know, like, I can't, I can't find anything here. They're expressing their sense of, of confusion, and of like frustration yeah. and inability to secure the items that they're looking for, um, their need for help and support in that. And so it's just like there's so much to dive into. But if I can start by really acknowledging that what they're expressing has to do with them, it frees me up. The moment that I start being like, oh, my gosh, why is this person talking to me like this? Yeah. Like, they shouldn't be talking to me like this. Your defenses go up. Mm-hmm. You start second guessing the conversation. Or you can also fall into that pattern of, uh, I, you, like, you just want to get them off your back. Or you just want to, like, okay, obviously that person is venting. Yeah, this is the worst way to set up the thing. and You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then you're right there at a lose-lose. Right, because now you're frustrated mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and you're you're sort of um, validating uh, or distracting them from the original issue exactly that they're having. Yes, because now it's about me and my issues. Yeah, and they're over there with them and their issues, and nobody's <laughs> getting anywhere. So it really takes one person at least to reach out. To really be able to step outside of that script, right, and and that's why I find uh, these practices of of listening different different things that we can keep in mind 
to listen powerfully, like that's what's going to then give us that extra superpower to be able to to reach out towards the other person, to get out of our own heads uh, and actually connect. So let's leave it at that for now. And I want to play a song, actually. And sorry, we started out with Sly and the Family Stone, mm-hmm. which is a song that you picked, Everyday People. Yes. Um, and so we were talking about this theme of listening, et cetera. So why was that a song that you picked out? I This concept that we share this common ground of humanity, I think, is one that we often step over. And we focus on how we're different. And, and there's a lot of this us versus them mentality going around um, on, on a variety of topics, whether it's politics or nationality, cat, or, nationality, yeah. cat people versus dog people. Uh, dog, and dog people are wrong. Oh no, man, Nick! <laughs> All pets are wonderful. <laughs> Yay, pets! But then there's like pets versus no yeah, pets. Yeah, sure. Right, and and the moment that we start siloing off, we we lose our sense of togetherness of, yeah. of connection and I think that it's it's a careful balance so on one side it's having this shared common ground on the other side it's really being interested and fascinated by the differences um, but this song in particular is about that common ground and people are people and and there is this beautiful common ground that is all the feelings that we experience as we move through life and all the basic human needs that we share great well, uh, this is kind of along the same line. So this is a duet. Um, and I think that in a duet, you have to be communicating very well with the other person you're singing with. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Anne Brune. And this is a song called Common Bird. And the reason I like it and the reason I say that this is sort of on the uh, listening spectrum and the duet, she's uh, the album is actually called Duets. And this is with Wendy McNeil on this particular song. Um, is the lyrics just caught me. It was just one of those songs where the lyrics at the time in my life and everything was really uh, meaningful to me. And, of course, lyrics can mean anything to anybody, right? Like everyday people, you could take it and get a thousand different meanings out of it. Yes. Um, This is that same sort of song, but it's really uh, it was really beautiful to me and was really one that, you know, I, I don't know if you do this still, like, hey, you have to listen to this song. Like mm. if you send that to somebody, mm-hmm. not just watch the video on YouTube. Yeah. Because maybe the visuals are great, but you have to listen to this song. Um, and so this is one of those for me. Beautiful. All right, great. So we're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Thoughtful, simple design. That's what you'll get working with the incredible people at Snazzy Creative, Whether it's a logo, an ad, or a complete brand campaign, they have the experience to create approachable and affordable design for your small business. Find out more at thatssnazzy.com. Now back to the show. Anne Brune featuring Wendy McNeil from the album Duets. That was Common Bird. Good morning. My name is Nick. I do this every week, and every week I have a very special guest. This week is no exception except, wait, yeah, that is a returning guest. Tease Mallon is here. Good morning, Tease. Good morning, Nick. If you want to connect with Tease, just so you know, the way to spell it is T I S S E. Correct. Great. Yes. M A L L O N. Yes. Mallon, like Malin. gallon. It's like gallon, but with an M. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. And I usually say Tease like peace, but that's 
so that people can pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> doesn't I, work for the spelling. Uh, it does not at all. No. So, but you are on most of the social medias and you can find them at uh, mm-hmm. Facebook for the most part. For the most part, Facebook. I'm old school like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's old school now, apparently. You're an old soul. Yeah. As a millennial who is still on Facebook. Am, am I a millennial? I'm yeah. like right on the cusp. You're right on the cusp. Cusp. Mm-hmm. So you've got the some of the cynicism mm. of good old Gen <laughs> X of oh, my generation, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and you're probably working through it mm-hmm. and uh, trying to get rid of it, just like I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I went through a whole whole like deep dark depression. Yeah. Over, oh my gosh, like nobody cares about anything. Everything is wrong with the everything world. is wrong with the world. Yeah. Why bother? What. Definitely. Why bother? Yeah. Like, I don't want a part of this. Yeah. So that's an interesting way to segue into <laughs> sort of these uh, listening exercises, these listening recommendations. So one of the things we're talking about today is listening. Uh, Tease is, uh, I'm not going to say expert, is a subject matter. Uh, it, I am fascinated by it. Fascinator. No, mm-hmm. that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so it's something that you do on a daily basis with the LR Institute. Yes. And something that you help people with. It, because when we talk about uh, LR, uh, it's about connection. Absolutely. And you can't have that without the listening component. Exactly. So um, at LR Institute, our curriculum is all centered towards helping people to lean towards or lean into connection just a little bit more. And, and we truly believe that everybody everywhere will have some benefit by leaning towards connection mm-hmm. in their life. So walk me through, you gave me three steps uh, mm-hmm. that you recommend or that you try to uh, you know, do yourself when you're talking about listening yes. uh, to someone. And I have those here in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so master the art of the self-check-in is yes. the first step. And that's all about presence. In order for me to be present with you, I first need to be present with me. And there's no way for me to truly 100% be present with you until I have checked in with what's going on with me. If I haven't checked in with me, there's going to be a lot of things dancing around in my head. So I'm distracted by, okay, what's going on tomorrow? What's happening later today? Like during this interview, to use this interview as an example, um, and maybe this is part of a really good conversation, is pretend you're being recorded. Yes. Put microphones in (laughs) front of you and put headphones on. Actually, it's really interesting because I feel like the headphones, having the headphones on is definitely not necessary. We're not listening to things Mm -hmm. outside of the conversation that we're having. But it does tend to make me more present Mm -hmm. because I'm hearing not only you a little bit uh, louder, uh, I'm hearing myself. And so uh, I'm conscious that other people might be listening as well. Um, So maybe I'm not being, you know, necessarily my true self. But at the same time, because I might swear more, for example. I see. Okay. um, There was an look of... uh confusion yeah, yeah. <laughs> my so face there for like, a moment <laughs> you were like wait you're not being your true self no yeah. i'm just saying like i i'm i'm radio nick right now okay right mm-hmm. uh now still present still having a conversation with you but i'm also uh i think i'm also acting as the audience surrogate mm-hmm. so i'm going to uh ask you questions as if i don't know you all that well or as yes. if you know i don't know what the answer is going to be I'm going to ask you more leading questions than if you or I were having a conversation. 
But having said all that, having the headphones on and having the microphones in front of us, it forces you to be very present. It forces the stuff that's usually in my head that's distracting me out of my head. Intentionality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clear focus. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. the only thing I'm really really thinking about is, okay, is the next song queued up Mm -hmm. so that I can focus all my efforts and all my energy towards you. If that song wasn't queued up, it would totally distract you from what we're talking about. It would, and then it would, you know, what would happen, it was a, it would distract you because I wouldn't be able to make eye contact. Oh, yes. And I'd be over here looking at something else, the screen, or I'd be looking over at the CD player. I used to, when I first started the show, I used to try to, based on what we were talking about, I was mm. like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just DJ live. Yeah. And, okay, so we're talking about this, so I'm going to play this song. And what was happening was you would have to be talking and I would be over here trying to put in a new CD. So people would be hearing that you'd be distracted because you wouldn't have eye contact and it was just awful. Yeah. So now I try to get everything together so that there's nothing else going on. I know the commercials are already queued up. The music is already queued up. There's nothing that we have to do for the next two hours except have this conversation. Exactly. Which is another thing I guess is that a good idea is to say, okay, I have this much time, let's sit down and talk. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the thing, that's one of the aspects I enjoy most in the private sessions I have with, with my clients is that I will set a timer at the yeah. beginning of our session so I'm not thinking about time. And so I usually, that is, yeah, that yeah. is taken care of. And I think it, it's really useful in regular conversations too. So, hey, um, you know, I run into somebody and, and it looks like they, they've got something going on and I've got a meeting to get to. It's like, look, I have 10 minutes and I'm going to give you my complete and undivided attention and I'm going to set this alarm so that way I'm not worried about rushing off to my meeting, but I am totally yours for these 10 minutes. And, and you know, I can just set that alarm and now I can be completely present and focused and, and not like, mm, like jittery, like, oh, I, I have to go. And, say, looking at your watch, which is, or looking at your phone for the time, which can be the most distracting thing oh to my somebody gosh. who's trying to convey yes. something, especially if it's important to them. Exactly. Right? And, then, and then having that uh, alarm go off communicates to the both of us that our, our time is up for it's, that moment. It's hugging time. Yes. I'll talk to you later. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So step two, after you try to figure out, okay, what's going on with me so that I'm not distracted, either, you know, we talked about time or the other stuff that's going through my head. Uh, oh, may oh, I yeah, pause please. just one moment? Of course. So with that first step, one of the Wait, things. Do you want to literally pause? Like you want just dead air? <laughs> no. Do you need a song played? <laughs> no, I no. have it queued up. I, yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> and no, I guess my real question is, may I elaborate further before please. we move on to number oh, two? Of course. Oh, why thank you. Um, the thing that oftentimes gets in our way is planning our response. Oh, not actually listening, just waiting for our turn to talk. Exactly. And I think that's one that that we talk about often when we talk about listening, that, you know, we're just waiting for for our our turn to talk. And we acknowledge it, but we don't really practice not doing that. Yeah. The, The social pressure is too great. And in fact, I fell right into that trap at the first part of the show when when you were you were talking about the three o'clock parade 
and because it's you know live and I have to oh, sound a particular way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I can I can respond in this way, and then you asked me a different question and I blinked. <laughs> so I think it's really beautiful that you know even somebody who's like obsessed about this type of work yeah. falls right into it. If yeah. if there's that social pressure and and we have we're attached to appearing intelligent or prepared or you know just together we we tend to fall right into it if we're not intentionally doing otherwise. I think it's important though to say that and this is uh, you know one of the things that took me a long time to overcome was public speaking. It was getting in front of people and talking. And now I feel like I could do that anywhere at any time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make mistakes though. And the same thing comes to, you know, practicing listening. You're, you're someone who practices this on a day-to-day basis. Yes. Uh, informs and helps uh, teach others about this. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that right now. And I really appreciate that. But to your point, like you're not going to ever be perfect at it. Exactly. We so, never get to perfect. Right. So, but the, you know, trying to do it and making sure that when it comes up, that you still have that moment of it's almost a delightful moment, right? Yeah. Like I, I can throw something at you that you're not ready for. Yes. And I love that too about what uh, what I'm doing because hopefully it's it's making everybody thank the listener and you uh, about what your response is going to be or how are you going to respond. Um, that was a very early on. Just as a, another quick aside, I apologize. Um, that I got a piece of advice that I got from my therapist when mm-hmm. she first. I was like. Hey, I started doing this podcast. It was very early on. Uh, would you mind listening to it? And she actually listened to the radio version because she wanted to see how you know it was actually in the moment. Uh, even though the podcast is the same thing, uh, but in the moment it was a little bit different. And she's like, "Yeah, you need to listen more. You need to be an active listener." Oh, and wow. because what I was doing was waiting for my next question mm-hmm. rather than taking something that you said that was interesting. And again to an extent being the audience surrogate and saying, oh, that's interesting. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. Can you also add to this or what, you know, those sorts of distinctions? Because you lose so many good stories that way if you're just going on to the next question. Exactly. And I think, you know, going like just mentioning Terry Gross, Mm -hmm. it's it's really her presence and and her listening that has her be so awesome at interviewing people. Yeah. so when, when that does happen, when we do get distracted and we're not present, the best, the next best thing to practice and, and arguably the best, even, even better than just being present the whole time, if we can start being honest about when we aren't present, I think that really develops trust and connection in, in a whole new way. So the other day I was with my friend Amy and... She started talking about something and in my head, I, I just, I squirreled. I had a squirrel moment and I, I would start thinking about something completely unrelated. And all of a sudden I realized that she's still talking and I haven't been listening. And I'm like, Amy, I'm sorry. I totally squirreled and I wasn't listening to anything you just said. Would you mind repeating yourself? I'm totally listening now. Yeah. And, and so it's like calling ourselves out. It's really beautiful and, and stop pretending that we were listening listening all along. The only time I think I still do that is in really loud situations. Oh, like yes. Like at the, at the discotheque. Mm-hmm. You the know, discotheque. All my, all my time at the discotheque. <laughs> yes. 
Well, I mean, and it's Orlando, so we have multiple discotheques to mm-hmm. go to to choose from. But yeah, I will 100% pretend I understand what you're saying in a loud <laughs> environment. Because I think the the other thing that somebody would do is just get closer to you and like in your ear and yelling. And I'm just, no, thank you. Nope. No, I'm just going to agree with what you said. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not controversial. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you don't expect me to sign something or agree to anything or I'm not investing in your Kickstarter until I know a little more about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's go on to step dose, which is also known as two. tune in to what matters to them. Yes. So this goes back to that concept of relationship that anytime that anyone is talking about anything, it has to do with either how they're feeling or what they're wanting. Okay. There's always an intention for that person who is talking. So I am, first of all, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And now secondly, I'm trying to, am I are trying to determine their intention or maybe even decode it, uh, translate it from what they're saying? A really way to ask a question for yourself is what are, what is it that matters to them? What is it that matters? What is it that they're needing right now? So uh, let's go back to the person at the grocery store Mm -hmm. that's like, hey, um, you know, where's the shampoo? What what might matter to them? Right. Clean hair. Clean hair is the obvious answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And like underneath that, they're looking for help and support, like having support, having clarity, having ease, perhaps. Because yeah, they could probably find to, it on their own. Right, but not wanting to waste their time necessarily, mm-hmm. not wanting to go wandering around. They just need maybe this one thing. Mm-hmm. And it will always, like, what matters to somebody essentially, like, like um, what's it, like, prime number-wise, right? Like, the, the, the lowest you can go. Um, not prime number. What am I thinking? Like, lowest common denominator. Yeah. Yeah. Getting my math terms all mixed up oh, here. Oh, it's fine. Thank you. It's a Pythagorean <laughs> theorem. <laughs> You're so generous. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it always will come down to a basic core human need. So often, you know, we're taught growing up that human needs are food, air, shelter, water, safety. And there are so many more needs that we have as human beings that aren't really presented to us as needs. They're, they're more presented as wants. Right. Art, so, music, hats. Um, uh, electric scooters, which we now have a lot of. Yes. I almost don't want them now. No, 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 I still want them. Sorry, sorry. They're fun. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Squirrel. Um, things like understanding and to have our intentions be seen, to have a sense of power in our world, to have order or spontaneity or change. Uh, all of these things are core human needs. And if we boil down anything is ever doing or saying, they, it will boil down to them strategizing to meet one of those needs. So if we really listen for what is the need here that is driving this person's interaction with me, we can get back to something we can relate to. So, sorry, go ahead. What, like, oh, what's, no. what's there I, for you? Sorry, I am thinking of the next question because I don't want to forget it. Yeah, ask. Okay, so the need uh, is an essential part, and I 100% understand that. It is that decoding of the need. And I'll go into uh, an example, which I think might be 
something that we've all experienced is is someone venting uh so not the person asking about the shampoo but maybe your friend amy who is talking about work or a project or something that's frustrating her mm-hmm. um and is she talking about do i have to offer a solution no right so that is Mm-mm. that's still something that i work on because my <laughs> i and call it mansplaining call it whatever you want um mm-hmm. in terms of you know these awful sort of gender roles we put on things i would just uh, call it helper syndrome it, okay thank you uh so mm-hmm. that's a little bit better uh but yeah it's sometimes it's not that right sometimes it's just let this person talk it out because they need to talk it out mm-hmm. and be done with it so so maybe somebody is venting mm-hmm. and and if they're just venting what do you like what's what's the need behind that what's the need behind a vent uh in my case it is uh sometimes it is uh, like i'm trying to work out are my feelings valid yeah um yeah in many cases yes that that's that's a lot of times yeah. what it is 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 my perspective or my experience valid should I be mad? Should I be frustrated? A lot of times it's it's those types of feelings, but sometimes it's also, uh, you know, it, was this a compliment? <laughs> was this a genuine compliment? <laughs> That's often it. Were they complimented? Did they, is, were they being nice? Were they being jerks? <laughs> is that sarcasm? Yeah, it's sometimes that as well. And so it's really great when we can hear what somebody's intention is. So, yeah. it, you know, their words might be like, this is my problem. But really, they're saying, I would love to be listened to without being made wrong and really just validated for the way I feel about this experience right now. And you're like, oh, OK, got it. I like Tisa's <laughs> aggressive voice. That was oh, nice. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty neat. We're going to have to record you doing some promos oh, for me because that was fantastic. I oh, think thank you, you. I think we will get people to do whatever I want mm-hmm. if it's you recording it in that voice. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the that's the four year old temper tantrum. This yeah. is what's going on for me. Voice and, that was and lovely. I think we we all have that inner four year old that's that's <laughs> freaking out about something. And oh my gosh, I'm just this not really like in the sequence here, but it's, I find it relevant to what we're talking about right now. Anger, anger is an expression of a lack of power. Okay, and oftentimes we feel intimidated by someone's anger. And the only reason we feel intimidated by somebody's anger and expression of a loss of power is that when somebody uh, experiences a loss of power, they will sometimes resort to force, like trying to force something. Right. And I think the more that we can really call it out for what it actually is, like I get angry when my world isn't the way that I want it to be now. And I apparently have a lack of a strategy to make it so. So when we can call that out, when we can see that it is a lack of power that I'm experiencing, that it feels very helpless, it's not as intimidating. And it, it really provides a space for us to have some compassion for that because we've all experienced that upset and frustration of not having the power we would like to have. Right. And I'm not excusing any behavior that comes from that desire to force things either right um that's like a whole nother thing the the behavior of it but just anger i find anger beautiful in that we can see kind of like through it now well if you're coming at it with that yeah i think a lot of times specifically what i do is when somebody's talking to me out of a uh, place of frustration 
um, I tend to be a little more dismissive mm-hmm. uh, because it's harder for me to just kind of like I want to help, but I know they're venting. And that powerlessness, I think, almost affects me sometimes because now I can't help them either. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just a matter of, okay, well, I'm just going to listen to this because there's nothing I can do. I don't know if there's anything they can do. Mm-hmm. So this is a state of mind where I, I become a little more frustrated with the conversation because there's no uh, – not resolution. It doesn't always have to be a resolution to something, but I feel like sometimes – uh, because I can't find it or because there isn't one, um, I'll tune out a little bit more. I Yes. And I think that that sense of overwhelm of not being able to, yeah. to deal with that is usually coming from this perspective of blame. Like who's, whose fault is it? Whose responsibility is it that this is happening? Um, is the person that's frustrated and angry upset with me? And if they're angry with me, do I deserve this? Like this, this blame? Maybe it isn't my fault. Maybe I don't agree with them. This isn't my fault. Why are you coming to me about this? Yeah. And if I do think it is my fault, it's my fault. And I'm horrible for being, you know, for being at fault for it. And so if we are able to step outside of the blame of it and see somebody's expression of frustration, anger, upset as truly about them... It, it kind of absolves us. We have no responsibility to help them, to resolve their situation for them. And we can just have compassion for somebody who's dealing with something that they would like more power over. So let's talk about the third step then mm-hmm. is the respond with cliff notes. Yes. And so I thought this was interesting because I think that in, uh, in corporate speak, in the corporate world, what we hear about a lot of is, you know, at the end of the meeting, if no one writes up the notes, then did the meeting actually happen? <laughs> right? Like, cause there's, yeah. there's sort of this, okay, you heard it's the telephone game, right? Like you heard mm. that we needed to do this. You heard that we needed to do that, but because no one sort of just summarized what we just talked about, it's all kind of just out there and anybody can do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and so that's what it reminded me of when I was reading your notes that's what it initially reminded me of because it's like, yeah, if you don't respond, if you don't give back, a, okay, so this is what I'm hearing and tell me if I'm wrong in terms of like what uh, the response is. No, that's is. it. Mm-hmm. This is what I've heard. You are, uh, I keep going back to frustrated, but you are happy. You are frustrated. You are uh, feeling an emotion because of this mm-hmm. and that's completely valid. Yeah. Like, is that part of the cliff notes? Is it just summary or is it also uh, giving them some sort of validation at the end of it as well? Mm, we we could. I, I don't see it as necessary. So say, for example, if you're coming to me with some sort of a complaint and it's so funny, the first time that somebody introduced this idea to me of like just, you know, giving cliff notes back to someone, I was like, well, they're not going to like that or that's going to be boring for them because they just said it and they know what they just said. And like, this is ridiculous. This is no way to have a conversation. And it, it blows my mind each time that I see it in action because it really is effective. Yeah. And also like me experiencing that, me experiencing somebody giving me the cliff notes version of what I just said. It's like, oh, it, it really lands as this person was listening. They care yeah. enough yeah. to listen 
and they get it. And so it's, it's weirdly validating in and of itself. So I don't know if you can think of some complaint to come at me with. Tease, um, it is uh, really hot in here mm-hmm. as we're doing this. So it's something <laughs> that kind of distracts me every once in a while. Uh, but I wanted to, uh, you know, I don't want to turn the fan on because then it's going to make noise and then it's going to be harder for me to do the podcast version of the show because we're going to have this background noise mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is that you're feeling hot right now here and that you thought about turning on the fan, but then that doesn't seem like a good idea because you want to be able to use this audio for the podcast later and it'll make it difficult to edit and it'll mess up the the sound quality perhaps. And so you're feeling like you're just going to be hot for now. And it's a little distracting to our conversation. Yeah. Did, Yeah. Did I get that? That's it. So what I would punctuate each time that I'm giving cliff notes with is, yeah. is there anything else? Like, is there anything else that's either present for you or is there anything that I missed in saying that? And, and it, it's so funny to me in, in practice. What I find is when I ask, is there anything else is usually it'll be like, oh yeah. And this, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so there's this too for you. And they're like, yeah. Anything else? Oh, also this, this, and this. Got it. And then my goal when I'm listening, and, and obviously I'm not going to do this when somebody's like, oh, you know, could you pass the salt? Oh, what I'm hearing you say is you want me to pass the salt because you'd like your food to be saltier. Right. 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 Like I, I would use this for <laughs> more. And even, and even the, the example I just gave was a pretty simplistic example. But I yeah. can see if I'm talking about something a little bit bigger or broader, um, you repeating it back to me would also, or giving me the Cliff Notes version, might also make me see it from a different perspective. Because all I've done is tried to take the issue that's in my head and verbalize it. Having somebody repeat it back to me might make me think about it in a completely different way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think talk therapy is a large part that is where you have a space to get things out, to vent, so to Mm -hmm. speak, and you have somebody who can capture it and reflect it back to you. And in that sense, I think that we're often our own best therapists. However, what we lack is that space in the middle to truly hear what's going on inside of our heads. So that it's, it's a really powerful tool. It's a connective tool in listening to one another. I think we do our, each other a great service when we practice that. And so just to summarize um, the cliff notes, mm-hmm. Do you publish them yourself? Do you send them to the Cliff Notes company to publish them? I know. I'm al- am I allowed to even mention that they're Cliff Notes? I don't, anyway. I don't even know if they're still around, to be honest really? with you. Really? Yeah, the internet is here. Why yeah. would we still need published Cliff Notes? Because uh, tangible? There's, uh, there's Tangibility? Wikipedia. It's still not tangible. Uh, well, print it out? Yep. Yeah, there you I go. Guess. Ooh. <laughs> uh, paper. Um. <laughs> uh, well, we'll summarize that again. But basically, the first step was master the art of the self-check-in. The second step was tune into what matters to them. And then the third step was respond with cliff notes. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a deep dive into uh, what Tease does. Uh, Tease Malin of the LR Institute, E-L-A-R Institute. And that's .org as well. Yes, it is. And so you can look up uh, some of the stuff that she does there. We're already at the first hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's Zoom by. I am a joy to talk to. 
Let's play a song. This was something that you requested, and we'll talk a little bit more about it after the break. Cat Stevens. Uh, among other places, you can find this song. Uh, you might remember it from the uh, soundtrack from the movie Rushmore, uh, Wes Anderson. And uh, this is The Wind on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. Every week. That's how often Nick is on the radio with amazing people from around Orlando. There are chefs and musicians, artists and actors, comedians and educators, and many, many more. If you like what you're hearing, consider subscribing to the podcast, or if you already subscribe, follow the show on social media. If you do both these things already, maybe send Nick a fruit basket. Now back to the show. The Shout Out Louds on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers, a very special edition of To a Certain Degree. Before the break, we heard from Cat Stevens, uh, among other albums, that was from the, uh, or among other things, that was from the Rushmore soundtrack. The song was The Wind. My special guest today is a returning guest. Tease Mallon is here. Good morning, Tease. Good morning, Nick. Thank you again for being here. Uh, we're talking about listening. That's sort of the overarching topic for today. We're literally listening to each other and then we're responding, which has been uh, fantastic so far. And if you missed any of the show, uh, some really great advice on how to be a better listener, how to be essentially a better conversationalist, how to be a better friend, coworker, any of those things, family member. You didn't think you could be a better family member <laughs> because you're forced into being family members, but you can be. Uh, with just some of these listening tips and tricks that Tease has talked about. And you can find out more about uh, the way that they teach it at the Eller Institute, and that's ellerinstitute.org, E-L-A-R, and then institute, just like it's spelled. Everywhere? Uh, yes. Most places? Okay, we'll say that. Uh, listening, <laughs> I thought this was funny. I really like that song that I just played, and it, to me, it is someone who is... Uh, and I haven't necessarily read the lyrics or anything, but the thing I'm reminded of is that it's someone who's trying to get someone to listen to them. And what's really funny to me is the name of the artist uh, is The Shout Out Louds. <laughs> the name of the song is Very Loud. And the name of the album from 2005 is Howl Howl Gaff Gaff. So it's like everything about it is just noise. Everything about it is just trying to get attention I'm howling, I'm loud, I'm shouting, all of these things. And I love that about it. I thought that played very well into what we're talking about today about uh, listening. Yeah, and absolutely. So, yeah, so that was my song. Uh, before that, though, Cat Stevens, The Wind, that was a song that you had picked out. Mm -hmm. Was there any particular reason for that one for you? In thinking about that first step of mastering the self-check-in, that's the song that really resonated. It's oh, just okay. listening to that voice, that inner voice, and, and what's going on with me. And and just, you know, going back to that that practice, we can get really fast mm -hmm. at doing that, and I think it serves us. It, it allows us to be out in the world more readily, and, and we can get that inner check-in, like, quick. It's like checking in with myself. What's going on? Oh, yeah, I'm nervous because I'm on a show with Nick. Okay, got it. And I could set, a, set it aside now, and now I could just be in the conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about that I thought was interesting from a uh, 
uh, from a conversational standpoint, from a listening standpoint, is I got into, as you know, I got into typewriters mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. So you got to enjoy that not too long ago at the Fringe Festival. Yes. So I had my typewriter set up there. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I was trying to do for March and still doing this, if anybody wants to receive a typewritten card from me, I was trying to write at least one a day to connect with people. Mm. A lot of fun. Um, a lot of these throwback feelings. You have to be very much in the zone uh, or you have to be very much present to be writing a card for somebody on a typewriter because there is no edit. There is no. And I, I refuse to waste paper. Do you so, plan it out ahead of time? I'm sorry, uh, I just jumped right in there. Yeah, but, no, no, no. Like, Sometimes I do have a topic in mind or mm-hmm. a question, and this is where it comes in. So I'll ask, uh, for example, one of the ones that I sent out was, uh, should I start a dream journal? Hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not really expecting people to start pen palling me for this, but if they want to, they're more than welcome to. The thing I was thinking about in terms of listening, though, is that once you send that out, and I can't imagine how this was done back in the day when I couldn't even take a picture of it. I don't remember what I said yeah. necessarily. <laughs> so if somebody responds, if I did send out a, a letter to somebody or a card to somebody saying, hey, I, what do you think about this? I was thinking of starting a dream journal. Is this good, bad? Do you have one? You know, those sorts of things. And they respond to that. Hopefully they respond with enough detail instead of just saying yes. <laughs> you know, that's their only response. Uh, it's it's an interesting form of that listening, that active listening, but then repeating back almost. You have to do the Cliff Notes version. Yes. To write letters because otherwise, how the heck are you going to know what you wrote? I think that might be a really great topic for living room theater to to play out, right? So if... if, if should I start a dream journal and then forgetting that that was the question and then just like the multitude of responses Yeah. if you don't know what. So maybe it can be like a little Jeopardy-ish where we start off with like all the answers and they, they, they sound weird and like, you know, like, yes, I started one three years ago and it's been wild and crazy and sometimes I question my sanity and then you find out, oh, the question the was. The question was, yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but I think there's also this element when it comes to the letter writing, because when I first started, I don't know if you know this, I was doing analog Yelp reviews. Yes. And the idea was I was looking for content for Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I realized again, uh, and I think my therapist helped me with this as well, that I should just be sending out notes of gratitude yeah, without expecting anything in return. So before it was, okay, I'm going to write this. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going to send it to them. I'm hoping they post it and uh, maybe give me a free croissant. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean. No one has ever done anything for anybody else ever. Without expecting anything in return. Uh, but I, I did start doing that. So I still mm-hmm. took a picture, but I'll cover up. Um, and if you look at Card and Fast on Instagram, you'll see a lot of those early works. I'll cover up what I wrote. So now this is just for them. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So I'll still take a picture. But if it was like for uh, it was JB's Bottle Shop or GB's Bottle Shop mm-hmm. on Virginia, I'll actually put beer over the words. So you'll just see some typewriting stuff 
and you'll see this beer mm. on top of it. I'll take a picture of it and then I'll mail it to them. And then it becomes this this uh, uh, basically this exercise in gratitude and not expecting anything in return. Yes, and there's I, I find something really beautiful in hearing somebody else's appreciation of something, and it, it puts me right there along with them. Oh, that's and a good point. So when you when you said that, now you cover that up. It you know I felt a little sad. Because oh. it's there, well, maybe it drives curiosity as well, so it serves a different purpose. Maybe, but I'd like to think that some of them are well written, and some people would appreciate them. And I'm hoping they. Get, that's the other thing is I never know if they actually get there. If I'm just like, if mm. I don't know if they post it, I don't know if uh, you know Whippoorwill uh, Package House and and the uh, coffee shop that they have there. If they get 27 uh, typewritten notes a day. If so you, maybe mine just goes yeah. into the uh, into the shredder immediately. <laughs> oh my gosh, no! So, so it's like you could you could send um, a little message on there if if you have received this card, could you please tie a yellow bandana? Uh, I will on I'll, your mailbox. I'll send it along with it a self addressed stand up <laughs> stamped envelope <laughs> with the response that I would want from them. Oh, I'll pre write it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, come in for your free croissant today. <laughs> Don't forget one coupon for uh, free croissants for life. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I was kind of, I, I was bringing it back around to no one has ever done anything for anybody sure. else without yeah. expecting something in return. And um, I wanted to mention that, like, that's not to say that what you're after is a free croissant. Like, what is, what is it the need that it meets for you to send out these cards? Well, it was interesting because when I was talking about this with uh, Bob Codges, mm -hmm. good friend of both of ours, and I do a uh, another podcast with him called Your Daily Dose with Bob and Nick, and it comes out every weekday. So we have a lot of content. Man, a lot of content. Uh, but we were talking about it, and he described me as a performance artist because of that, the analog Yelp reviews, and because of what I did at Fringe Festival and yes. uh, at Maker Fair and a couple of other spaces and places that I've done the typewriter table at. And I didn't think of it as that until he mentioned that. Mm. Um, so now starting to think about it is it is a little bit more performance-based. It is a little bit more like I'm trying to show people not necessarily my work, but that there's another way to do things besides just going online and writing a review mm -hmm. or writing a blog post or, you know, you know, the electronic way, the 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 way that we've come to accept how to have conversations uh, at this point is that there's another way to do that. And I love that. Like, that's the that's the thing that delights me about the typewriters, especially when kids see them, is all of a sudden they're introduced to a, a completely different way of communicating and doing things. So when he used the term performance artist, I'm like, oh, wait, now that gives me an entire different way of looking at what I've been doing mm -hmm. and how I might interpret that. So in hearing that, what I'm guessing is met for you is your needs for self-expression mm -hmm. as an artist, creativity, um, connection and seeing other people connect to you and each other through that interaction um also what is it is it like innovation or uh, maybe but like your need to communicate or have others communicate with each other 
I, I think so. I think part of it, um, uh, yeah, part of it is for them to communicate. So that's why I set up the tables. And if somebody doesn't know what to write, mm-hmm. I say, well, write. Uh, so, for example, at Maker Faire, write a note to the person who brought you. Mm-hmm. Right. Or at Fringe yeah. Festival, it was uh, write a note to thank the sh- the person in the show you just saw. Yes. So it was that kind of connection that I think is um, and, and the most meaningful ones like and I was not expecting this on any level was all of a sudden I got 10, 11, 12 uh, notes, uh, you know, total, I think, from uh, from Fringe, especially that were written to me. Oh, wow. Thanking me for doing what I did. And yes. I, I was not expecting that. Like, it hit me in the feels. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not expecting something mm-hmm. to do. And so that was really compelling and interesting as well. Um, so, yeah. But I think there's also that validation of, you know, in some way, Nick, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Right? If if, if people are liking this. Um, but what I have to do is get that validation or figure out how to get that validation. I, well, well, let me ask you this. Getting validation without being disappointed when you don't get it in the way that you want. Mm. So those notes meant a lot to me. Yes. And uh, that was something that I wasn't expecting. Uh, but I think on some level what I want is for a lot of people to post these things and for it to go viral and for – me to get uh, some sort of a claim on some level. Yes. Because I think there's always that in the back of your head. Now, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else I would want because I, I do this at different events. People are starting to know about it a little bit more. People are starting to ask me to do it at different things. Uh, you know, I've been covered on WMFE and in the Sentinel. It's like, well, what more is there? Mm-hmm. That is not only enough, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. You're really appreciating everything that it's giving you. Yeah. So it, it's tough to to get to that point. But if you really and I think this is the, to segue everything. I know we started off on listening and being a pen pal and having to listen effectively in terms of <laughs> a different medium. Yes. Um, but this is also listening in a different way. And it's listening to what people are saying or how they're interacting with what you do mm-hmm. instead of just a conversation with you. So mm-hmm. how are people interacting with it? And then how do you take that and internalize it and, you know, let it validate your feelings? Because that's, again, when we're having a conversation and we're expecting somebody to listen to us, mm-hmm. uh, there's a certain validation, which I think step three of what you talked about, which is the Cliff Notes version. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm hearing that is is listening to people's behaviors mm-hmm. and level of interaction, like as as a thing, like how engaged are people with what I'm putting out there? Yeah, and so like listening for that, listening for does this resonate with others as much as it resonates with me, and in seeing that yes, they are engaged. And yes, their behaviors are that they are interacting. They're they're sitting down the typewriters. They're uh, sending out these messages to one another. And in you having received physically these typed out letters of appreciation, like how how that satisfies your need for acknowledgement and to be seen and understood in what you're doing. 
Yes. Yes. Sorry, I'm nodding along, and then I just remembered. <laughs> That's actually interesting because I got out of the moment that we're even on the radio. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we're just having this conversation. Yeah. That's a good place to be. That's beautiful. So I guess um, I'm trying to, to understand. W- was there a question in there, or was it? No. no? Okay. No, I, uh, other than it's it's how we can interpret being listened to. Right? Can look different or, ways. It, it, exactly. So mm. it could be in terms of, yeah, maybe you're just uh, going text and back and forth. And there's a lot mm. of things that can be lost in that. Yes. Um, obviously, in terms of uh, the conversation and things. But sometimes that's all that's available to us. What popped into my head is, as you were, as you mentioned t- the word text. Yeah. Is I think our cell phones should come with like that you know, uh, warning sticker, like, like cigarettes do <laughs> the cigarettes with the diseased lung on it. Right. Um, the, the, the you know, the sticker, it's saying it's bad for your yeah. health, yeah. that cell phones should also have some sort of warning that texting, you just, you, I get all excited about this. Sorry. <laughs> um, you lose so much. Yeah. There's so much, uh, tone and context. And, and so I, I urge people, this is my PSA here do not, I stress, do not have serious conversations with each other via text. Please do not. And and there's something to be said for, you know, writing out your thoughts because it's easier perhaps sometimes to process things or, or yeah. to communicate your your feelings or thoughts with another person. And if you're going to do that, sit down with a person and give them the letter or read them the letter. But Please, please have your meaningful conversations in person as much as humanly possible. Sure. Or yes. by typewriter. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, and I was actually, so one of the things that I purchased finally, because the the reason the texts lose a lot of context, mm-hmm. that's weird that that word is in there, uh, is that you have to do it in shorthand. Yes. Just because of the reality of the situation is that I don't like typing with my thumbs. Mm. Um, and I think that it's it's tougher to have longer conversations or longer uh, text conversations, mm-hmm. longer typed out conversations if you're just typing with your thumbs. So that's why I actually bought this thing, <laughs> which is a Bluetooth <laughs> keyboard that I take yes. with me. It's always in my car. Mm-hmm. So that if I do need to write an email or I do need to write a text or – uh, people have been frustrated with me because I will write really long responses mm-hmm. that they'll have to read and then they feel obligated to respond to because I'm on this. Uh, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. on this now. So I thought that was really funny, too. You Like in, in hearing that it since we're typing with our thumbs, it's normally short. I mean, that I guess that seems obvious, but it just clicked with me that I have little patience for small talk. Yeah. And maybe like text is like that small it's talk. literal small talk. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're mm. not going to go into too much I'm detail. Just connected to yeah. things in my head. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Let's leave it at that. Let's <laughs> let everybody who's listening catch up and connect all those things in their head as well. And let's listen to a little uh, Jackie DeShannon. How about that? What the world needs now. Now. Is love. And now. Is that how you think she wanted us to say it? <laughs> I what think the world needs now is love. Sweet is it, love. Well, or wait, are we singing it? Oh, I thought we were just um, doing like the, the, the talking. 
of it. Oh, okay. Well, let's do that. Let's okay. let her sing it. Oh, so much better. <laughs> so much better. If you want to learn more about Tease, I would encourage you to do so. Tease Mallon on Facebook is one way to look uh, them up. T-I-S-S-E-M-A-L-L-O-N. And then you can also go to livingroomtheater.org and the, uh, or just lrinstitute.org, E-L-A-R. Uh, you're going to hear this song on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. After four years on the air, Nick has interviewed nearly 200 amazing Orlando residents. It turns out there are many more that remain uninterviewed, and he'd like to change that. If you or someone you know would like to get up early on a Monday to be on the radio and chat with Nick for two hours, take your computer and point it at toacertaindegree.com. Now back to the show. Oh, Mr. Rogers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers, a very special edition of To a Certain Degree with returning guest Tease Mallon. Before that, we heard from Jackie DeShannon, What the World Needs Now is Love. And so a couple of uh, songs and performances that were picked by Tease this morning. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Very nice. <laughs> yes, Mr. Rogers. Uh, how can you not enjoy mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers? So when I was little, mm-hmm. I, there was part of me that really liked watching Mr. Rogers. Sure. And then part of me that was a little bored and a little like, mm, feelings. Well, I also because of the fashion, I would imagine, was not oh, as... Oh, no, I was totally into that. The... Totally into the fashion oh, okay. choices. Uh, my fashion sense is like old white man, grandpa fashion choices. That's Good. that's my ideal. I love yeah. that. It's just cozy. Just black socks and sandals <laughs> all the time. Yes. Oh, my sweater vest. I recently got a sweater vest. At, oh, it's um, about time. At Salvation Army. Yes. And I love my sweater vest. Of course you do. Yes. And unfortunately, we're still in Florida, so you don't get that many opportunities to wear it. But Air conditioning. Okay. That Yeah. And dad jokes go right along with my sweater vest. So, yes. I'm sure they came with it. I'm sure there was a number <laughs> of dad jokes that came with it. Uh, speaking of dad jokes. Yes. There is one segment. So normally... To a certain degree, as an interview show, we have some segments that we usually do. But since you're a returning guest, mm-hmm. we've just been talking. We've been talking about listening. If you missed any of the show, you can subscribe to a certain degree mm-hmm. on any of the podcast networks. You can listen to this later, and I encourage you to do so. But we do have a pop quiz yes. that you are going to have to go through Oh man! at this moment. Now, I'm rethinking mm-hmm. you know, uh, the prize Ooh. For the pop quiz. Because right now... Will you record my, my, my voicemail greeting? Sure. <laughs> is that the prize? No, it was, no, I, no, no, I'm no, curious. No. What's the prize? What's the uh, prize? So right now, the way it works is if you get all of them right, okay. we become oh, man. best friends. There's five questions. We become best <gasps> friends for the week. Oh. If you get two or fewer right, which would be one or zero, mm-hmm. then we become bitter enemies oh, no. for the week. So in either situation, mm-hmm. I would need to know your schedule, <laughs> allergies, okay. phobias. Mm. So if we're best friends, <laughs> I'm going to try to keep the stuff you're allergic and uh, fearful of away, away from you. Mm-hmm. Bitter enemies, mm. potentially the opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just keep you guessing. Wow. Be anxious <laughs> yeah. all yes. week. Yes. Yes. Un- un- like. The unknown yeah. is scarier than anything else. Right. If I know that, like, you know, uh, 
seasonal allergies are, are coming to my door, yeah. <laughs> which they are. Um, yeah. But if I don't know if it's going to be that or bunnies. Are you scared of bunnies? No. You love I, that, bunnies. That was the reward side of it. That's okay. the best friend. Like, so, like bunnies. Yay. Got it. So you love Pollen, bunnies. Boo. So if we're bitter enemies, I will keep bunnies away from you. Okay. Yeah. See, this is how it works. This is how they get you. <laughs> That's just so, cruel, Nick. Having said all that, yeah, I am rethinking the prizes. Oh, thank goodness. So, if you have any thoughts or suggestions, let me know. In the meantime, mm-hmm. let's get to the quiz. Okay. So, luckily for you, it's not me giving the quiz. It is Simon Time of Simon Time Trivia. Uh, you can find him on Facebook at Simon Time Trivia. He does trivia around Orlando seven nights a week. He's got a podcast. Uh, that's about trivia, and uh, yeah, I'll turn to any over. any sort of theme or topic. To no, okay. I yeah, I, feel I told like them I'm we bad. were talking about listening, <laughs> and I okay. they did not. Uh, Simon did not come up with uh, like a specific theme. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Right. As ready as I'll ever be. Perfect. Yes, ready. Hey, hey, Nick, it's Simon from the Simon Time Trivia Show on PFT Media, and I've got five random general knowledge questions for you and your guest, Tease. Let's begin. The 2006 American romantic comedy Failure to Launch starred what Texas-born actor? <gasps> it's the guy with the nose. Oh, as opposed to... <laughs> oh, oh, wait, what's his name? Oh, hold on, hold on, I'm channeling here. Okay. Can you name any other movies he's been in? Um yes. Maybe. Okay. Um oh my gosh. <gasps> Wait, hold on. Um no. Nope. No. I, I can see his face. I can see his face. I can see the cover. I can see the poster. The poster with, with her kind of like leaning, leaning back. And and he's like standing there with like that like mm, like suave look on his face, but like very immature. Like so, every romantic comedy oh, poster man. that's ever been made. No, wait, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, that's not Owen Wilson. No, that's not Owen Wilson. Who is that? Um, nah, I fail. I fail. What is that? What's his name? We're gonna find out. Are you ready? Ah. Oh. The first and last name is Mr. Matthew McConaughey. All right, oh. all right, all right. I can never pronounce that last name. Yeah. Mm, right. Matthew boo. McConaughey. Ugh. All right. Oh, for one. Yeah. Probably not going to be best friends. <laughs> Number two, What a Wonderful World is an iconic jazz tune first recorded by what American singer? Oh, gosh. Wonderful World. Jazz singer. Yep. I'm bad at trivia, Nick. This is stressful. I'm stressed out right now, and I'm sure people are yelling at the radio. I'm trying to listen. Yell louder, please. Yeah, please. More mental. More mental in terms of your yelling. Yeah. Towards T's. Yes, please. So I know jazz singers, right? Okay. Name a few. I know jazz singers. Is it a male or female jazz singer? Um, what what a wonderful what a wonderful world! Oh my gosh, that was ah, oh, that was the 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 music. So here's my associations. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Michael Moore's. Okay, Fahrenheit 9/11. Got it. This was the song that was playing. Oh, Louis Armstrong. That is none other than Satchmo, Mr. Louis Armstrong. Yes. 
Woohoo! Thank you, Very Michael nice. Moore. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> so see, you have to you have to go back. Yes. Make those six degrees of <laughs> tea smelling. <laughs> Number three. A fictional Princeton Plainsboro teaching hospital in New Jersey provided the setting for what popular American TV medical drama that starred Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. Princeton, New Jersey New Jersey. Drama. New yeah. Jersey. Well, the hospital Princeton, was the... Princeton, was that is, ER? Are you going to go with ER? Uh, yeah, because it's definitely not Grey's Anatomy because I would know that answer. Yes. That is in Seattle, as we all know. Yes. And everyone is still dead there. <sighs> I would imagine. Everyone is still dead there? No. Like, don't the characters all die off? Not all of them. Mm. Are you sure? Uh, did you even did you know it's still on? Yeah. Oh, you're still that, watching it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's, That's what I'm good. saying. If it was Grey's Anatomy, I'd know. Okay. So it has to be another one. So, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it Scrubs? It might be Scrubs. Because that's another one that's really popular that people like. I'm going to go with Scrubs. Okay. Scrubs, final answer. That is the program House. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nope. House is, uh, can, I, can I offer a very unpopular opinion? Yes. Really quick. Uh, House, uh, The Mentalist, Lucifer, uh, are all shows with these utter, utter awful men. <laughs> Yes. That are allowed to do all the things yes. that they do, and everyone still is in love with them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I got to say that every once in a while, I will 100% hate watch. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand <laughs> the term hate watch until <laughs> I started watching, I think it was truly The Mentalist. Huh. Like, because, and I, I just binged all of them. I was just like, this is just horrible. I, this is awful. <laughs> yeah. The way that they're. Everything is happening. Like, this would not happen in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, but House was one of those as well. So, it's actually a popular opinion in this room right now. Okay, great. Yeah. Like, two that's not out useful. of two people agree yes. on this opinion. So, Woo-hoo, 100%. Uh, you need to get two more right. Mm. You have two more questions. Okay. All right. Yeah. Need those allergies. <laughs> Question number four. The Kansas City Chiefs are a pro-American football team that is based in what state? (laughs) Wait. wait. Did he say Kansas City? Did Mm -hmm. he say Kansas? So Kansas. No. Wait. Kansas City is on a border. (gasps) Oh, It's on the border of Missouri? Yes. We're going to go with Missouri. <laughs> the state, of course, is not Kansas. It is Kansas City, Missouri for number four. Woo-hoo! Yes. There was someone very famous who got that wrong on Twitter. Oh, yeah. We're not going to mention any names. It's sports. I... All right. Two right, two wrong. Yes. This is for some of the marbles. Maybe I'll just bring a bag of marbles. That'll be the prize. And finally, question number five. Who... First and last name was the second president of the United States of America. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, this history. one I did not know. Sports and history. Either. Great. Is it John Adams? That man is John <gasps> Adams. Nick Those were your five healthy doses of trivia brought to you by PFT Media and the Simon Time Trivia Show. Have a great day, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Look at that. All we're right. going to We're going to remain right. the same level of friends. I am so excited right <laughs> now.
I was so certain that I was going to get five wrong. Isn't that a cathartic Mm, sort of experience? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like you get a pop quiz, you got a 60% on it, but you passed. You know, it's so funny because I wasn't wasn't feeling so nervous if it was going to be your pop quiz. I don't know why. Maybe because I was just like, oh, this will be like fun and quirky. And but then somebody else is going to do it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they might throw in like pop culture and sports and history. And like, I'm not going to know anything. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Well, let's play a song. Uh, This is going to be uh, Jack White, actually, Connected by Love from the album Boarding House Reach on WPRK. We'll figure out how to remain the same level of friends while we're off air. Because that's not easy. To remain the same level of friends? The same level of friends. Well, everything needs maintenance. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've gotten closer Mm -hmm. by doing Mm -hmm. the show, Mm -hmm. and now we'll have to take a step back from that. Why? Well, because we need to remain the same level. Mm. <laughs> All right, Jack White on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. There are two types of people in this world those who are thinking of starting a podcast, and those who have already started a podcast. Either way, visit to a certain degree.com for good, relevant advice on podcasting. Because it's not just about which microphone you pick or where you host your files. There's running social media so it doesn't run you, keeping track of upcoming episodes and topics, even the best ways to invite guests onto your show. All of that and more to a certain degree.com. Now back to the show. Jack White on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from the 2018 album, oh, fairly recent, Boarding House Reach that was connected by love. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're used to hearing To a Certain Degree every Monday from 7 to 9 a.m. This is To a Certain Degree, just a special edition with a returning guest. Tease Mallon is here. Good morning, Tease. Good morning, Nick. So this is episode 34 of Odd Numbers. Mm-hmm. So I've had 34 returning guests. So cool. Yeah. It, it, I, I really think that enjoy speaks that. to people enjoy being here. Yeah, I mm-hmm. hope so. Mm-hmm. Or else they have nothing better to do from 7 <laughs> to 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. When I heard that it was titled Odd Numbers, I was like, oh, is that like like the people are odd? We're odd numbers? And I was just curious like where that came from. The idea originally was that we would each bring five examples oh. of whatever the topic was and five songs. Got it. But then if we did that, it would add up to 10 of each, which is an even number. So, so none of it worked. Well, two oddballs. I think does are work. evenly distributed. Yes, two odds <laughs> make an even. Yes, I think is what we're saying. Actually, that's true. That math. is true. Yeah, if you mm-hmm, add the two mm-hmm. together, or yeah. Oh boy, a lot of math talk on yeah. this episode. Um, if you don't like that and you didn't hear the beginning of the show, please, please, please consider subscribing uh, to the show because it was really good. And Tease is a, a person who is very enthusiastic. <laughs> about connections, about mm-hmm. listening, and it's something she helps people with professionally mm-hmm. uh, and personally uh, yes. on a regular basis. Uh, you can find out more about that at the LR Institute, uh, E-L-A-R Institute.org is the place to find that out. Mm-hmm. Um, you do uh, sort of uh, group workshops. Yes. You do individual uh, one-on-one sessions sure or, or with uh, maybe couples or mm-hmm. things of that nature. 
Uh, if you wouldn't mind, just really quick, we're literally almost out of time. Uh, but if you could talk a little bit more about what it is that somebody might find or who would be your best sort of uh, client, like what kind of situation are they in that they might want to come to you for help? First and foremost, anybody who's in a transition mode. So either they're in between jobs or um, a, a relationship has just ended or they're starting off with a new relationship or uh, empty nesters. Those parts of life, those circumstances that are transitional in nature. Mm-hmm. And only because that's usually a time in our lives when we take a pause to reflect and to really question what we're doing with our lives and what we're wanting more of. And so what I help people to do is to become more and more in alignment with who they really are, like deep down in their core. And I have a process that that I use to to guide them through that exploration and also uh, tools that I teach um, based in emotional intelligence and leadership and creativity and mindfulness. Um, I, I love talking about the neuroscience of why we are the way we are and, and what parts of us are there by default and just part of our uh, biological, organic machinery. Yeah, these needs that we have that mm-hmm. are all the way dug in. Yeah. yeah, like our thoughts. We identify with our thoughts, but your thoughts are largely a product of your brain doing its brain thing. It's like your heart beating. It's like, oh, I had a thought. Is that me? No, it's not you. And we can get really intentional and creative and problem solve. And those are more intentional thoughts. Those are like youth with a capital Y are creating those thoughts. But the thoughts that just pop into your head, that's not you. That's just your brain digesting. Doing weird things. things. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, brain. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And now I'm going to go think about this instead. So if you're ever stressed out because your brain starts throwing you like, what about this? What about that? Thanks for sharing, brain. Well, if you get a chance, uh, also go to Mm livingroomtheater.org because I think that one of the interesting things that Tease and with the help of Jack and and, uh, Megan Megan. have done Mm -hmm. is create a way to do what she's just describing in sort of this very entertaining and intimate way and creating these conversations and making you think about being more uh, more present, uh, more a product of what's going on around you instead of all these thoughts that are in your head uh, that you're constantly thinking about and maybe having anxiety over. Living room theater is an experience that you can have in your home. Absolutely. And uh, people come over and you can experience it with, you know, the people who are closest with you or maybe some people who uh, you don't know all that well that you might be closer with afterwards having experienced it. Yes. I like that strategy. Yeah. Of like, these are people that I'm aware of, but I don't know very well. I'd like to get to know them. Invite them to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have it at your house. Absolutely. And then uh, the arm wrestling part of living room theater <laughs> is always my favorite. No, I'm just kidding. There's no arm wrestling part. Uh, go and check that out. And uh, Tease, do you have anything coming up in the immediate sense that you want to promote? Uh, yes, actually. Right now at LR Institute, we got a very generous grant, which has enabled us to hold a leadership program, like leadership workshop. It's called Connective Communication Leadership Program, CCLP. And it's, um, it's, it's sponsored, so it's free to whoever attends it. And we have space for between 10 to 20 people. Uh, so you can find an application for that program 
online uh, at lrinstitute.org. Uh, come check it out. Like check out the description of the program. Apply for it if you would like. It's free. It's it's all about learning how to step into your own leadership, regardless of whether you're actually in a leadership position at work or not. Uh, we will help support you in stepping into leadership, you as an individual. Very like nice. Means, yeah. LRinstitute.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let's leave it at that. We got to go. All right. <laughs> Orlando Theater Hour is coming up next. This is one last song, Lady Lamb and the Beekeeper, or I'm sorry, Lady Lamb the Beekeeper, The Nothing Part Two on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to Odd Numbers. And that's the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you have a moment to learn more at lrinstitute.org. The voice you heard doing the commercials is the incredibly talented Ashley Ann Gardner. Check her out at ashleyagardner.com. If you like the bumper music, please follow the To Be Decided on YouTube and Instagram. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, gather you rosebuds while you may. And other people's rosebuds because maybe they forgot to gather them. And this could be a nice thing you do for them.